You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. And would you look at that? We're already in the second half of May. We've gone through a bunch since the Bears season ended in January. And before we know it, training camp, it's going to be knocking on the door. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And today's episode, we are going to start our recap of the Bears offseason as we're going to rank our top 25 moves that the Bears have made this year in a two-part episode. In this show, we're going to kick things off starting at 25 and count down all the way to move number 11. And then in the next episode, we'll wrap things off with our top 10. Nick, Man, I'm excited. This should be tons of fun. Uh, This is our second year doing this type of episode, and it was, honestly, it's a whole nother animal this time around. This offseason, so much busier than last year's, but hey, we did it. We did it, and it's been a while since we've both been on, so I'm excited to just talk some Bears football with you and break it down. But like you said, there's been a lot of change from, you know, just looking at this year as opposed to the year previous. Yeah, really is. Last year, I was going through our spreadsheet. We had like 25 moves total, and we had to boil it down to the top 10. We thought about doing just another top 10 episode, and then I made the spreadsheet, and I was like, I have 52 moves they've made. And you're like, we've added four more. And I'm like, what? Well, there's like 56 total moves. And unfortunately, Nick, we forgot about undrafted free agents. The Bears made a move yesterday that we should have added to it, but they weren't going to make our top 25 anyway. But I love how you know we do our due diligence. We rank each and every one, and then we compile uh, you know a combined rankings, doing our averages, making those independently. And I'm excited to kind of unveil. Uh, what our top 25 is but before we do i do want to just kind of go through the best of the rest uh, the moves 26 through what we have as 56 here and i'm just curious were there any takeaways when we kind of made our averages that kind of stood out to you uh, i guess the one that stood out to me is that Dion bush was ranked 29th and uh, for you being the president of the Dion bush fan club i'm surprised you didn't give him a higher ranking to kind of squeeze him into that top 25. You know, I, I probably should have, but, you know, I mean, for now a backup safety and still has been a backup safety there, Will, um, it, it seems kind of fitting, right? But I think when we looked at our list, we saw, you know, guys like Reggie Davis and, you know, some of these DeAndre Carters, they're, they're at the bottom of the list where, you know, they should be in terms of moves and what the Bears did. But I think overall when we look at our two lists and how we have it compiled on our spreadsheet, we, we were thinking very similarly in terms of this really bottom half of, you know, all the moves that have been made. I think Bears fans would be upset to hear that Ryan Nall and his re-signing made it out of 56 moves that we ranked. We both had it averaged out at 54th overall. I'm sure Bears fans will P.O. Uh, just the fact that I shoot it right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, there is a small, strange group of, of Bears fans that love their Ryan Nall. But, hey, you keep going like I, like me in, in the Dion Bush train. You just keep on going and maybe 
he'll get his opportunity someday never <laughs> not, I, I think we have a few, uh, not to spoil things too much, but a few additions to the running back room, top down, that are going to make things a lot more difficult for Ryan all this year compared to previous seasons in Chicago. But Nick, any other major takeaways from that bottom end here to me when I'm looking at it? It's just minor stuff, honestly. Uh, players that are leaving that didn't make impact in years past or just bottom end roster moves, maybe some special teams players here and there, but... It's to me, it's I think the ones that made our cut are the ones that make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just looking at the list, some names that you think about, like it's probably best the Bears went the way that they did. Like you look at Demetrius Harris being released, like, yeah, that that should have happened. And that's why, you know, it did. And ultimately, I'm looking at the where we got him. 55, you know, 30, like it's it's low for both of us. So, yeah, nothing, nothing other than that's really too surprising with the bottom half, guys. Now, I know we have some uh, players that the Bears did release that made this cut, but like a Demetrius Harris that didn't, it's because it's such an easy, it's obvious move. It wasn't like a tough one. And the one, I guess, surprised me that didn't make the cut, even though it probably was a hard decision in the front office, was Cordero Patterson, uh, letting him go. And I think that is a big move, um, but the Bears have made other moves to kind of supplement that one. But just looking at some of the other cuts that didn't make the list, there's just easy obvious decisions that if they didn't make we'd be having a whole different conversation yeah absolutely that's why for yeah cordell patterson if he wasn't just you know a core special team kick return guy and he did have more of an impact on you know as a running back or receiver then maybe it'd be more significant for both of us but you know we have him pegged where we do and i think that you know is fitting I think he finished in the combined rankings low 30s, give or take. I don't have our spreadsheet in front of me. 29.5 there, Will. See, pretty close. Low 30, 29.5. Pretty much the same thing when it doesn't even make the list that we're talking about here today. But without any further ado, I want to jump into the first segment of this show. And let's talk about moves number 25 all the way down to number 21 you ready to roll nick let's do it all right so pick number 25 or i guess i should say move number 25 this year uh, we're giving it the signing of angelo blackson uh for me when i'm looking at this move a reason why i ranked it where i did is pretty obvious and i don't know how deep we need to go into our analysis we talked about him when they signed him but it's just another solid depth piece for this defensive line uh, the bears lost john jenkins they lost brent urban needed someone to replace both of those roles, and Angelo Blackson should be able to step into this, to me, uh, very well. Uh, so I know he's on a two-year deal. I think he's going to be able to live up to this contract, someone that really isn't getting talked about at all this offseason, uh, but he's still someone that I expect to make some sort of an impact here uh, for the Bears' defensive line rotation. How about you? Why did you rank Angelo Blackson, the signing of him, so high? Yeah, you just got to look at the guys that you mentioned that left and also add in Roy Robertson Harris, who got a payday from the Jaguars there. So I think you look at all those departures, and yes, you do get Eddie Goldman back, but Angelo Blackson's going to be a guy that I think is going to be in this rotation. We also got to mention Mario Williams is not going, or Mario Edwards, sorry, is not going to be in for the first two games of the suspension. So Angelo Blackson will get some playing time to begin this season. So that's why we have him what 26 and 24 will so we we're really close on this yeah. one he averaged out exactly to number 25 i knew there were a few ties uh, as this kind of went through uh whatever the spreadsheet put them in the order i i kind of went with here but this one did average perfectly to 
number 25. So let's jump in uh, to the very next one here on our list. Move number 24 that the Bears made this offseason that you and I are excited about, and that's going to be the signing of Marquise Goodwin. Nick, why? what about this move to you resonates so well? I think you, you one word, really. It's speed. And I know it's a guy that really doesn't have too much production over the last two years, 395 yards in 2018, 2019, 186 yards. So it's not it's not that you're looking at the production and you're like, wow, look what the Bears got. It's more so what he can bring from a physical aspect and what you know Matt Nagy would like to do in terms of stretching the field vertically. Marquise Goodwin can definitely do that. So that's why we I have him at 20, or we consensus has it at 24 because he can add that element that the Bears were desperately lacking last season. Exactly. Brings a lot of speed. And when he has been healthy, he's been productive. And that's the big question mark. And he did opt out last season. Uh, so my hope is that season off should really allow his body to heal up. And he's going to be out here playing, you know, being in the best shape that he's been in a few years. And he's only just a couple years removed from a 56-catch, 960-yard type of season there in San Francisco. And not that I expect him to live up to those numbers. We have Allen Robinson. We have Darnell Mooney. There's other mouths to feed in this offense. But if he can be someone that's a capable role player, someone to push uh, an Anthony Miller, which I think a lot of the signings in this wide receiver room is really meant to do so. Uh, if he can do that and also guide, uh, be another veteran presence, you already see him working with the Justin Fields. Uh, you hear he's already being vocal with this football team. All those reasons excite me. And I know this was a move that happened after the free agency frenzy kind of occurred. So we didn't talk about it too much. We we're focusing on the draft when this news kind of broke. Uh, so I'm glad we we're able to kind of come back to it, give it its due diligence here. And uh, I think the ranking makes a lot of sense being at number 24. Anything else on the Goodwin signing? No, I, I guess the only thing here is that where he kind of fits in the rotation. You mentioned the guys in that slot receiver role, but it'll be interesting how that all plays out with Anthony Miller and obviously a guy like Marquise Goodwin that they could do some damage from the slot, but who's going to get those reps? And it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Right, and I, isn't he someone that hasn't played technically truly the slot too much in his career? So this would be, in theory, a transition for him a little bit in this offense, in this role specifically? Yeah, so that that's that's a very key point there. But I think just with you have a Darnell Mooney on the outside, you have an Allen Robinson. And you know what? Honestly, Will, when you look at these and how Matt Nagy uses wide receivers, they're interchangeable. They're going to be all over the place. So it's going to be, again, where they're at on any given play, any given snap during training camp, that'll be key and you know just interesting to follow. Absolutely. Nick, let's move on to pick I keep saying pick. I don't know why. Probably because I'm still in draft mode. Move number 23 that the Bears made this offseason, and that's going to be the re-signing, technically, but also just the signing of inside linebacker Christian Jones. The reason why, to me, this move makes a lot of sense, one, a lot of experience in this system. He's depth. We needed inside linebacking depth. And, again, he knows the system pretty well. In Detroit, he had a lot of other starting experience at a few different linebacking spots, but we all know Detroit's defense, I think we talked about it on the schedule reaction show, me and Mason, dead last in like every statistical category that matters. So for me, here's someone that can probably push, challenge, uh, Joel E.A. Booneyway for a roster spot, maybe even a role in this linebacking core. And he's someone that I would feel comfortable with uh, 
I don't want to say replacing, but playing in place of a Danny Trevathan in this defense. So that's why it makes a lot of sense. A veteran who knows the system, who provides a lot of good quality depth, and also he was pretty cheap. Uh, and with the Bears cap situation this offseason, it's kind of hard to pass that up. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And, well, we really wanted Kevin Pierre-Lewis to be the guy that the Bears brought back. So it made sense that the Bears at least address a position with a veteran and someone that happens to also be familiar with this football team. So it just made sense in terms of the position. And whenever you can add somebody as cheap as they did that has starting experience, even if it is on the Detroit Lions, you'll take it because the Bears didn't have a lot of depth at that inside linebacker position last year and the year before that. Now – I know Josh Woods didn't make our cut uh, for this one, but he was also on the list. The Bears did re-sign him. Uh, when you look at the inside linebacking just unit, we know it's Roquan, Danny Trevathan. In your mind, do you expect it to all kind of play out? Christian Jones is at third and then Josh Woods, or is that going to be uh, interchangeable to you as well? Is it more like a, a Christian Jones is the replacement for Trevathan or the backup for Trevathan, and Josh Woods is the backup for Roquan? Uh, I'm curious to this. I know it's a bigger question maybe for a countdown to camp episode that we'll get to in a little while, but it's on my mind. So I figured I'm going to ask. You know, I think if we're looking at depth chart wise, it'll obviously go Roquan, Dane Trevathan, but Christian Jones should be the third guy, regardless of either one of those guys that gets, if they were to get injured during the game, I would like to see Christian Jones in place, whether it, I think, you know, if that happens, it will still be, either Roquan or Danny Trevathan getting the play calls and things like that. So definitely Christian Jones over Josh Woods, Joel E.A. Buniwe, any of the other guys, he has a starting experience, so you'll take that. You sure will. Moving on to move number 22 this offseason for the Chicago Bears, we have ranked the re-signing of Jermaine Affetti. Nick, I talked about Christian Jones, I feel like a lot of what I said about what makes me excited about his return is the same reason here for Fetty, cheap and serviceable. Uh, Going to be the two words uh, that define this signing for me. Uh, the Bears, at the time of this re-signing, they didn't know who they were going to draft. They didn't know Tevin Jenkins was going to be available when he was, and they had the opportunity to go ahead and draft him. So this was a little bit of insurance uh, with someone that's familiar with this offense and someone who did play their better football down the stretch at the right tackle position. And I know offensive line coach Juan Castillo said, you want to be surprised if Fetty actually became a Pro Bowl right tackle this year. Uh, so I know this is one when it happened. Felt a little flat, but again, there's a lot of cap restraints. When I look at the big picture, uh, this move to me makes you know a lot of sense. And it's not that I'm going to run through a brick wall. I'm not that excited about it, um, but it is one that really kind of keeps the floor of this offensive line uh, a little higher. Yeah, absolutely. And when you don't have your you know starting right, right tackle from a year ago and Bobby Massey, that makes this move that much more important in terms of the significance of it and why it's one of the top moves that we have here for, you know, this a bunch of moves that were made this off season. So it makes sense in the continuity. Let's see how that plays into Jermaine Effetti now going to another year with Juan Castillo and just kind of developing him. And unlike Juan Castillo, I would be very surprised if Jermaine Effetti <laughs> was a pro bowl player because yes, he's serviceable, a former first round draft pick, but a pro bowl player will let the way and see if he even wins a job first there. Well, Ooh, yeah, that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I like how you planted that seed. Moving on to move number 21 of the offseason here for the Chicago Bears. We got ourselves a rookie. It's the drafting of wide receiver Daz Newsom. 
What gets you excited about Daz, Nick? I love how Daz just wants to eat a whole bunch of food here in Chicago. No, I'm, I'm look, I think the big thing with, with Daz, too, that we were just talking about that slot role and where he can fit into it. And obviously, Daz is already getting that chemistry with, you know, the future quarterback of the Bears, Justin Fields. So that's why this is important, because that role right now has some question marks. Yes, Matt Nagy said publicly that Anthony Miller's doing the right things. And we've heard this story one too many times now, but... Daz Newsome, if he can make continue to make plays, not only in training camp, but show the coaching staff that you can have confidence in him, he could he can earn some reps this season, no doubt about it. I know it's a little tough to do that in Matt Nagy's system. We've seen guys kind of are limited in that factor throughout throughout their you know their careers here, but I think Daz Newsome has a chance to really earn some reps in that slot role and just earn the the trust of his coaches. One thing about him that I get excited about right now that makes sense, it's a need, and it doesn't need to even be on offense. It's that third phase. It's that returning experience that we talked about on the immediate draft reaction episode. Uh, He's someone who can impact the return game right away, whether it be punts, kickoffs, and there's not he's not the only one in this list, by the way, that can do that. And then also, I know you're looking at, hey, he can potentially earn a role in on this offense this year, I'm just looking at the long-term future. Daz Newsome has the potential to really blossom and grow and be a very productive wide receiver in this league. I'm not going to say electric. I'm not going to say a top-tier superstar, but I think he can be someone that develops here as one of a fan favorite in Chicago. He's already saying the right things, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, so his potential, I think, is why I ranked it higher than what I would expect this season but why did you rank Des Newsome over a Marquise Goodwin I think you did I don't have your rankings in front of me but I believe you did yeah looking at it here I did rank him higher I think because yes Marquise Goodwin does have experience in this league does have that speed we talked about but with Des Newsome I think he more so fits in that slot role like we were talking about Goodwin that's not his natural kind of position so I think if you're looking at guys that will make make that seamless transition to that type of role. Yes, he has to make the transition just being in the NFL, Daz Newsome, but I just like, with you, the upside. Goodwin's on the end, coming towards the end of his career. Daz Newsome's just starting, so that's why I kind of like ranked him higher here. And the more I look into him, the more I get excited about his ability to make plays after the catch. Uh, I know we talked about it a bit when we were reacting to the pick, but uh, the more film you watch on him and you learn more just about who he is as a football player, and how he his mentality with the football in his hands, all of those reasons just get me so excited about the Daz Newsome siding here. Now, of course, we have some more news. Excuse me one second. We have some breaking news. This is an important PSA. It's brought to you by Manscaped. Com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news that you've been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was recently just released. We were one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news with you. So join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at Manscaped. What makes this trimmer different than all the others? Well, a new multifunction on-off switch can engage travel lock created for people who like to travel, which we're all getting back to that here in 2021. This lawnmower 4.0 also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. 
And looks-wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte gloss finish. It even features a hot foil stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. And I don't know if I did yet, but it also is uh, capable of wireless charging. The Lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last even longer. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use that code FANSIDE20. That's F A N S I D E D. Two zero to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. That was our breaking news service announcement for you. We're getting back into our countdown here, and we have moves number 20 all the way down to 16 coming up next. So with that 20th pick, gosh, I did it again. With the 20th <laughs> move, that the Bears have made this offseason. We ranked it the hiring of Michael Petrie, right? That's how you say it, the last name? Yeah, got it. As the Bears running backs coach. Last year, I think a lot of the offseason moves that we had ranked higher were some of the additions to uh, the offense and defensive staff. And here at number 20, we have a new one for running backs coach. Uh, came from Oregon State, where he did coach current Bear running back Artavis Pierce. Uh, good luck making the active roster, Artavis. Uh, just going to throw that one out here now. And obviously, something about this coach hire that I like a lot is that he must be bringing in a very fresh eye into this locker room because let's look at all the additions that the mayors have made to this backfield. They're bringing in a lot of different skill sets. There are a couple of new faces. They all bring something a little different, and you all know that this brand-new coach had to have a role into that evaluation and their potential fit in this offense. So there's a lot I like about this one, and I think he's going to be able to get the most out of David Montgomery as well. So that's an extra bonus. But, Nick, how about you? Uh, what about this move uh, resonates with you after some time to kind of sit on it for a few months? Well, I think here, Will, what's key is that I think the Bears want to get more to that rushing attack. So when you add guys like – and we'll talk about Damian Williams and things like that. You want to be able to run the ball effectively. But, look, David Montgomery was just a top-five rusher in the league last year. You want to bring in a coach that replaces Charles London who could still get the most out of this running back group. So that's why this is, a, is an important move and one that maybe is a little undervalued when you look at all the moves that the Bears have made. But this one, we'll see how it impacts this group moving forward because I think the Bears really want to commit to the run even more than they did towards the back half of the season last year. Yeah, I, I really can't disagree with that whatsoever. And I just want to quickly segue into the 19th move because it makes a lot of sense to kind of keep this conversation rolling right along. That 19th move that we ranked so far this offseason, it's going to be the drafting of running back Khalil Herbert. I think about this move, the more I was reflecting on it, that Herbert can become a strong piece of the running back group as a rookie and long-term become a counterpart, of, you know, if you want to do like a duo back system with a David Montgomery for years to come. He's a strong physical runner who brings that kick return experience as well. I think he had 27 or so yards per kick return last season. And he's also a really good fit for the Bears zone scheme just due to his great vision, his ability to set up blocks ahead of him and have patience and see those running lanes and attack them going north and south. So he's someone that 
I love the fit. Uh, I love that they went with another running back because they just keep adding more fuel to the fire here. And I expect with a new revamped offensive line as well, the Bears should be able to run on whoever they want. They have multiple backs uh, that can get it done. What about Khalil Herbert, uh, I guess, persuaded you to rank it as high as he did? You know, he's just a, a true running back, Will. Like, it's not a Cordell Patterson where you put him back there. They also serve as that kick returner role. Khalil Herbert is a running back first, and then he also has that kick returning ability afterwards. So, And that's something that the Bears needed to add. Somebody back there, we all can go back to the, the game against Minnesota at Soldier Field where the Bears were just atrocious on offense, and Cordell Patterson was the main running back. The Bears just couldn't do anything offensively. It wasn't just because of him. But still, you would like to have somebody in place that you could trust if a David Montgomery does go down. We know Tariq Cohen doesn't really fit that role, but that's why this move made sense and why it's ranked where it's at. You mean the Bears getting more well-rounded, true running backs to back up David Montgomery instead of Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson and Ryan Nall that have, I would say, decent limitations to their overall game? That that sounds about right there, Will. Good. Uh, I'm glad I was able to kind of put it in some layman's terms. Let's move down to move number 18. The countdown just keeps on rolling here. Move number 18, another rookie, the drafting of, I'm going to say right tackle, uh, Larry Borum. Uh, this is a very good value pick uh, for the Bears that they had, and I believe Borum has the potential to become a long-term answer at right tackle i love that he you know he's dropped some weight uh that was something that i wasn't aware of when we drafted him but he got in the house hall you saw that that excited me too uh, he's feeling fast he's feeling strong and he's another physical lineman who loves to play with physicality and that just keeps changing the tone changing the narrative of this bears offensive line so i love all those reasons what about you nick what about larry borum gets you more excited today than perhaps you were when the bears drafted him well, that he could have a potential to start now. Obviously, with Bobby Massey not there, and not, yes, Juan Castillo is very confident in what Jermaine Effetti could possibly do, but Larry Borum is a right tackle by nature. He's a guy also just naturally just aggressive, and that's what you also want to see. That that kind of was the theme and what the Bears wanted to do. They wanted to add some speed and also wanted to add some nastiness just on the offensive line specifically. So, that's what gets me excited about this. we got to see how it all plays out. He's going to get some really quality reps against a guy named Khalil Mack, and you know maybe Robert Quinn will give him some decent reps every now and then, but probably not, but more so the other guy that I mentioned, the first guy. So we'll see how he can get acclimated to just playing against his own teammates and see where he's at in camp. But, yeah, I'm excited to see where he could potentially go, and obviously being a later-round pick, you have to you know temper expectations maybe initially, but – I think he has the physical tools, the obviously the size and the nastiness that can really lead to something down the road. Again, it goes back to they've, they've done it with wide receiver this offseason, running back this offseason, and here at tackle. And we saw it in the previous season with the tight end and kicker as well, just throwing everybody at the fire and seeing what happens. And I, I like this one as well, giving yourselves more opportunities and chances to you know, find a diamond in a rough. And I think that's what they're hoping Larry can turn out to be here. And I'm just looking at the photo on her screen. He looks so much more leaner and stronger than he does right there in his Mizzou uniform. Uh, when I was watching the Bears, uh, you know, rookie minicamp highlights that they put out uh, on their channel. So I'm excited to just kind of see how he can continue to progress and elevate uh, his game and adjust to the NFL as well. 
moving down to move number 17. I caught myself there. We have the signing of Jeremiah Atachu, who, when we were doing our free agency recap episode, was someone that I was probably more excited than some of most of the others uh, at that time. And I think that still rings true here for me today. Uh, he's still a very solid edge guy. Uh, we need that in this rotation. Uh, we all know that Robert Quinn wasn't who we wanted to be last year. Big question mark heading into this season. So you need someone who can go out there and get it done. And even though Jeremiah had a limited role where he's only seen less than 200 snaps per season, pass rush snaps, he still had nine sacks and over 35 total pressures those past two years. He's very productive when he's on the field. He's quick off the edge. He's very slippery with his blocks. And I said it in March. I'm going to say it again. I think he's going to be proved to be worth every penny of that two-year contract. And Bears fans, they're going to love watching this guy play. What about you? Uh, what do you want to mention about Jeremiah and signing him this free agency? First, this has nothing to do with football, but Atachu, for some reason, Will, I know you like Naruto. Atachi, did, did, did that ever come to you Ooh. like when you were saying his last name? Because that no. immediately, well, it, it, that's what resonated with me. That's where I ranked him where I did. No, I'm just kidding. But I think the big thing here, too, when you lose a guy like Barkevius Mingo, who had a way better season than I think a lot of people initially were thinking, you need to have someone that can replace a guy like that. So that's why Jeremiah Atachu is ranked where he's at, and I think we'll have some quality reps and some time where you have to depend on him, especially in that that second rotation of outside linebackers. Yeah, it's, it's needed. I mean, you have to find ways to get to the quarterback when Khalil Mack is off the field or if Robert Quinn's not getting the job done. And you mentioned it. Mingo someone that needed to be replaced. And I do think that in a way, this one, Jeremiah, he may be able to even have a more impactful role here this season at the position. So all really strong reasons to be excited. But speaking of excitement, it just gets better with each and every move that we're breaking down here in the countdown. And that leads us to move number 16, which is the signing of running back Damian Williams. Nick, I want you to go ahead and kick this one off. Yeah, I think we kind of talked about a little bit of Khalil Herbert, but Damian Williams is a guy that just fits what this offense can do when it's running at its full potential in terms of getting the ball to the running back in the backfield with space. He's a guy that's obviously familiar with the chief system, which, yeah, you can kind of connect the dots here with Chicago, but we need to see Matt Nagy call the plays effectively like he did, like the Chiefs are just currently doing right now. But it's a guy that is another true running back. I think that's really what it comes down to, Will, when we're looking at why we rank the running backs even where they're at. They're just running backs. You don't have to like debate, well, is he a receiver? Is it just a kick return? No. Damian Williams is a running back, and you saw what he did in the Super Bowl a couple years ago just against um, you know, the, the 49ers. They're just a versatile guy that can do it all. He is, and he also has experience with Bill Lazor, so that's a big plus. Uh, I know he did take that year off with COVID. Uh, we'll see uh, that year off with COVID due to COVID. Uh, just want to protect his family just a, a little bit. So I'm hopeful that the rest versus rust isn't going to be much of a factor. It's just going to be more rest than rust. Um, but he's a good spell back. He's not someone that's going to, you know, warrant the bell Kyle kind of role. And that's perfectly okay. That's why we have David Montgomery here. But even though he's been primarily someone that comes in spell situations, he still has over 2,300 total career yards and 22 touchdowns. And that's not even counting what he does in the playoffs. 
Nick, you mentioned it, true running back, well-rounded skill set. He's fast, quick, strong, another guy with a really good vision, and he's a big-time playmaker in the screen game, which has been an element the Bears have mightily struggled with over the past few seasons. And I think with your offensive line and the running backs, uh, that's not a Cordero Patterson, so you're not keying in on it every single time, and they get they understand some of those subtle nuances. It should help uh, in that element of the offense as well, and I expect them to be fresh uh, after that year off. So a lot of good reasons here, and this we were excited about this, and then they drafted a Cleo Herbert, and now like the whole running back, I guess, room, it's so full, and I'm just like oozing with excitement to see how they can utilize all these playmakers you know, effectively, and also how can they actually divide up all these touches this season. It's going to be nuts to kind of figure that out. Obviously, Montgomery gets the lion's share, but after that, it could be a game-by-game basis depending on matchups, and I'm okay with that. Absolutely, yep. All right, let's move into the next range here, the final one of this episode, and that gets us down to 15, just outside the top 10. We're going to stop right at 11 here for this show. So for the 15th best move this offseason that the Bears have done, that's going to be the re-signing of Tashawn Gibson, something that when it didn't happen right away, I think you and I were both sweating a little bit. We both wanted this to happen because uh, it goes back to almost the same reasons of a Christian Jones, same reasons that we're talking about as well with Jermaine Effetti. He knows the system. He's not costing you a lot of money, and he plays, I believe, Tashawn Gibson. He won my underrated Bear Award for the last season, and he's someone that I expect to be able to play at a higher level this year. And he also gives Eddie Jackson that consistent partner for the first time since his second year in the league when he had Adrian Amos for his rookie year and then his second, like I just said, his second season. So there's a lot of reasons why I like Deshaun Gibson. Uh, he's good against the run. He's not afraid to get, you know, put his nose up in there. He's also pretty solid in coverage as well. So again, I don't know what we can say about him that we've never said before in a podcast. Uh, and again, he's a very underrated type of guy, but I still believe the value that he provides this defense and given, you know, the lack of, you know, hefty dollars spent at this position opposite of Jackson, given the cap restraints this year, this move just made so much sense. He didn't have to start from scratch and he didn't have to overpay. Yeah, and the thing is, when you saw that Tashawn Gibson wasn't picked up by other teams, I think we maybe internally were thinking, okay. I've been waiting for that one to happen here, Mr. Moriano. So as you as you probably saw when we were doing our live stream, uh, Nick's internet uh, hasn't been playing ultra nice. So that was the first time that it happened while you were talking. So I was pretty proud we are getting that to work for most of the episode. But you're back now, so continue your thoughts. Yeah, so I, I didn't even want to try talking over that. I saw it froze. But, yeah, I think it just internally you're thinking to yourself, yes, Tashawn Gibson would be back with the Bears. And like you said, I think it's also someone that's most comparable to like an Adrian Amos in terms of just having consistent play. Like you're not really too worried about Deshaun Gibson blowing coverages or things like that. He's a, he's a better um, a player in terms of taking the ball away just throughout his career. But in terms of what can get Eddie Jackson, that's the guy that you really want to be playing at an all pro level. You want to have a safety net, a consistent player, like a Deshaun Gibson. So it just made sense to bring him back. Sure did, Nick. It sure did. Let's move on to number 14. And I think 
really, the more I think about this number 14, it could have been ranked uh, a little bit higher here for both of us, potentially. Uh, but it fell where it fell. So the 14th best move of the offseason for the Chicago Bears, letting Mitchell Trubisky walk. Uh, the Bears, by doing this, A, they admitted that they failed, right? This was a failed experience, and we officially were able uh, to move on. Uh, if the Bears were adamant, ignorant, or resistant, and sign them to maybe like a one-year prove-it deal, that's a whole different vibe around this organization uh, that we currently have. You probably don't draft a Justin Fields, probably don't bring in an Andy Dalton, and you're probably sitting with the same combo. Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, 2021. Uh, and really allowing Mitch to walk, I think, set the tone for the entire offseason, whether that be the early uh, pursuit of a Deshaun Watson, uh, moved on over to a Russell Wilson, and, of course, we ended up with Justin Fields. Without this move, without this decision to let him go, I don't think any of that happens. That's true, Will. Yeah, I think when you look at it that way, it, it does really – it's a domino effect. Once he goes, you're like, now you know the Bears are looking for their next quarterback. You know that, obviously, that's going to be in the mix, whichever way they go to address this position. It's just the move, and I think towards the end of the season, we kind of saw where it was going. Even though Mitch came back in and was leading his team to some victories, it's just it wasn't right, right? The offense still, against better teams, didn't go anywhere. So the you know, it was all all right there. Everything was on the table for in terms of what the Bears could do to address this after he, uh, you know, obviously let him go. But it made sense. It needed to happen. And I wish the best for Mitch in, in Buffalo. Yeah, we'll see him in the preseason. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. We have three more moves to go. So number 13 is the re-signing of Mario Edwards. Nick, I'm going to fingers crossed your internet plays nice. I can defer to you first. Uh, why was Mario Edwards' history signing, I guess, so important to you to rank it where you did? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of similar in terms of where Angelo Blackson, what we kind of said about there, but Mario Edwards can play. That's the thing here, Will. He has potential to get after the quarterback in terms of the moves that he can utilize to go get opposing QBs. So you wanted somebody like that who can also just mix into this, I think could be a deep rotation for the Bears in terms of their defensive line and what they can do. But it just, when you look at the departures and you look at how he played in certain games, you want a guy like Mario Edwards back. Yes, he's going to serve that two-game suspension in the beginning of the season, but when he's back, you got to think it's a guy who has earned a little bit of a payday. Let's go, let's go kind of show out and see why you deserve that money. But this is a guy that I think has potential and we saw glimpses of it. So that's why we have it ranked where we do. Yeah. I mean, A, a two-game suspension, almost like a one-game suspension now, just with the added game coming back. So he's still going to be able to partake in 15 games and uh, not to you know sneeze at it, but it's not going to be you know the end-all, be-all. Week one, week two, and then you have him for the rest of the year. He's someone, like you said, uh, in the rotation last year, very impactful. I believe he earned this deal. Uh, he was the third highest graded defensive lineman, according to PFF last year, a grade of 90.1. Uh, that was behind Chris Jones out of Kansas City and Aaron Donald, uh, just to kind of put that uh, into perspective. He also had the sixth highest pass rush rate last year at the position, and he's only 27, Nick. I mean, he can still, in theory, have the best football in front of him. So I'm excited to see what he can do in a larger role. Very encouraging player last season. But now the expectations with that new contract, they do get raised, and he does need to live up to those. I believe he has all the talent to do so. Another year in the system should only help. Let's see him do it. 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing Mario Edwards after comes back from that two-game suspension. <laughs> Got to wait. A little bit of delayed gratification there, Nick. All right, second to last for this episode. Move number 12. We're knocking on the door of that top 10. We ranked the signing of Desmond Trufant uh, here. Someone who's a veteran option to replace replace a Kyle Fuller uh, when healthy and when he's not on the Lions. Because, again, we all know what the Lions defense is. He's someone that can be a productive and serviceable player at this point of his career. In the last 15 games that he played, which you break up over a couple of seasons just due to the injuries, in just 15 games, and his last ones on the field, five picks and 11 PBUs. I take that for an entire season out of him uh, this season. I think you would too, Nick. Uh, with Desmond Trufant, obviously he's no Kyle Fuller. Uh, we both ranked the losing of Kyle Fuller pretty low uh, because it's somewhat th- something that's still hard to stomach uh, here even a couple months later, although just given cap restrictions, you have to understand it as much as it sucks. But over to you, Desmond Trufant, what are your thoughts on it right now? Yeah, so this is a, definitely a top move for 2021, and that is it. Because obviously you signed a one-year contract. You just need to have that placeholder for a Kyle Fuller. And yes, there probably is going to be a different production because Desmond Trufant isn't the caliber of player of Kyle Fuller. But the Bears didn't have to overpay, in a sense, for a guy like this. And look, he's still going to have to compete for this job. It's not like Desmond Trufant's the, the day one starter. He's going to have to really earn it. And it, you're hoping that with this Bears defense and what the pieces they have, and unlike Detroit, he's not going to be the focal point or the sore eye that keeps consistently popping up in the defense. You're hoping that it can kind of get overshadowed, and it's it's just not as big of a problem that that, that losing Kyle Fuller really is. So that's why it's still important. You got a veteran. Now you just got to hope that all the other pieces on the defense can mitigate maybe the deficiencies that he has as a player at this point in his career. We'll see. I think, you know, coming in healthy and fresh with a defense that has better talent, a stronger pass rush, all that's going to help. Uh, we saw a little bit of an uptick from Buster Screen. Obviously, there's a reason why he's not here, um, but even like a Prince of Mukamara in the past as well. This is possible. We've seen it happen. And again, I would like you to name one person who played well for the Detroit Lions defense in the past two seasons. Silence. Silence. I was waiting. I was trying to see if he can do it. But, yeah, so I'm going to try to separate the player from the team Uh, because, again, you see people go to Detroit and just fizzle out consistently, uh, and that's pretty common. So we'll see uh, if Desmond Trufant can't. You're still thinking, aren't you? You can't do it. Uh, Yeah, this is going to – maybe in the next episode I'll finally give you an answer. (laughs) But, yeah, I have nothing right now. There we go. Awesome. Let's move on to our last move here for this episode. So the 11th best move that the Chicago Bears made here in 2021, we ranked as the releasing of right tackle uh, Bobby Massey. Uh, The Bears decided, hey, enough's enough, uh, that Massey wasn't worth the contract or really the roster spot. So, Nick, why is this move as you know, important as it is. I have a few reasons, but I feel like I've taken a few of these uh, kind of releases and started with them, so I want you to kick this one off. It's important, Will, because the Bears saw this position and wanted to get an upgrade for it. They saw that the value of Bobby Massey, yes, maybe early on he did his job, but it just wasn't at that point, and he, it, health also became an issue a little bit down the road as well. So it's important because the Bears said, basically, we want to be better here. So we're going to do we're going to allocate draft resources to try and upgrade this. We're going to re-sign a Jermaine Fetty to potentially take that spot. So 
that's why it's important. And especially with given how this offensive line, especially the tackle positions played last season, you just needed to upgrade here, get somebody more reliable. Who's also going to be on the field. So that's why it's important. Will and when we're, there's still a move here that we have consensus, um, you know, uh, the same pick there, it, it makes sense. You just want to have reliable people at your tackle positions because your most valuable resource is the back is back there throwing the football, and we'll get to that in the next episode. But that's why it's important. It really is. It's very similar to you know the other ones, like a Mitch walking. If you keep Bobby Massey in his contract, you can't go out there and sign an Elijah Wilkinson, who he didn't make our top 25, but he was on the cusp. He's someone that can still you know be a serviceable maybe swing tackle here for the Bears, and you don't draft two tackles. You don't draft a Larry Borum, and you don't draft a Tevin Jenkins. So allowing him to go and admitting that you know time has passed just allows you to explore other options and I think you and I and everyone listening would agree that the Bears are better off at the right tackle position heck you can almost you can argue both tackle positions but we're focusing on right tackle right now than they were when Bobby Massey was a Chicago Bear and that to me is why it's ranked where it is yeah and that 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 does it well right for the first first episode here we went 25 through 11 we did go through 25 through 11 up next we're gonna you know go 10 down to one i'm excited to unveil that top 10 if you're listening here on youtube nick and i are going to take about 10 15 minute break fingers crossed his internet you know takes a break as well so it comes back a little bit stronger here for the second episode and if you're listening to the podcast I believe I'm going to release the top 10 on Monday. Uh, So depending on when you're listening to it over your weekend, just know uh, the second half will drop on Monday. And if you're, you know, eager, you can always check out our YouTube channel. It's a good reason to subscribe because Nick and I, uh, due to the grad school uh, and just me, you know, life and parenting and everything else that goes around, we don't have time to do a back-to-back recording sometime this weekend. So we're just doing a little bit of a double feature recording here tonight, which it's fun. I get a little bit more at Nick time, which uh, to me is always very exciting. But any final thoughts on this show, Nick, before we sign off? No, I think for, you know, these bot 25 through 11, it makes sense. I don't know if how debatable these, these moves are. I, I wasn't really looking to the chat there, but I, I think you could see why we place these where they're at. And, Maybe it almost makes the top 10 a little bit more predictable in terms of the things we haven't talked about. But you got to tune in and see where they fall in this next episode. That's right. And again, if you're here on YouTube, give us about 10 minutes. We'll be starting up a second stream. And if you're listening to the podcast, check it out on YouTube if you really can't wait. You got some cool video graphics that we've been using along the way. And if not, uh, you will hear from Nick and I on Monday. Regardless, until next time, bear down, Chicago. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com